0: hi i'm jay fallon thank you for listening to the slippery slope so over every news headline this morning is china china is making the headlines for in my mind all the wrong reasons but uh you know yesterday we had this uh ambassador from china he made a what the guardian described as a, a fiery speech laying out terms that australia has already declined in another headline from reuters It says that China withdraws promise not to send troops to Taiwan if it takes control of Ireland. I love the way it says if it takes control when obviously that is their very, uh, that is their end goal anyway. A criking news here in Australia says possible reset for Australia-China trade. And this is obviously after the talk. Uh, with the uh, with the chinese ambassador from the chinese ambassador yesterday so they're putting a hopeful spin on it i think it's uh yeah very wishful thinking on their behalf and just shows where their morals where their where their convictions really lie at Uh, Newsweek says that China lays out its Taiwan plan in first report under Xi Jinping. This, This report's very interesting. It goes on to say that China has released a major policy document outlining the strategic patience underpinning its objective of reunification with Taiwan. In it, Beijing holds open the door to peace, but warns it could be compelled to use force. Obviously, it'll be compelled because someone—the use of this word "compelled" is if someone's holding a holding, a, you know, a gun to their back, forcing them to to invade Taiwan, which is not the truth. But why would you ever think you would get the truth out of the Chinese Communist Party? So it goes on in this article to say the Taiwan question and China's reunification in the new year new era the first chinese government white paper on the topic in 22 years and the first under the leadership of president xi jinping was published as a as a week of intense chinese military drills around taiwan appeared to ease on wednesday so the report repeats many of Beijing's familiar talking points, including its argument that Taiwan's ruling Democratic Progressive Party was responsible for raising tensions across the Taiwan Strait. Of course, it's their fault. It's their fault because they have refused to accept Beijing's principle of one China. (laughs) China's made the decision, and as far as they're concerned, no one should be able to question their ruling, what they've decided. It's complete arrogance. Now, one other headline I'm going to read through before I go back to what the Chinese ambassador to Australia was saying yesterday. Uh, This headline here comes from Washington Examiner. It says that war games find US and Taiwan can fend off China massive cost so these war games conducted by a Washington think tank found that the US military could successfully defend Taiwan against a hypothetical Chinese invasion but at the cost of massive amounts of personnel and materials Uh, reading through this article I'll put the links up in uh, in the description It is very interesting how they go through these war games. So apparently they've held uh, 18 of 22 planned simulations of a 2026 Chinese invasion of Taiwan. And um, yes, so so far they've won the vast majority of these these war games. But uh, wait and see. Look, I want to go back to this article which came from The Guardian. And it was regarding the Chinese ambassadors. What they said is a fiery speech so this ambassador's fiery speech was the sound of China laying out terms that Australia has already declined, says the Guardian. So during 90 minutes of statecraft that was candid enough to be deeply chilling, China's ambassador to Australia, Xiao Qian, crystallised the central question in Australia-China relations. She's Australian representative, who was fluent, composed, and periodically sardonic. In response to preamble heavy questioning at the National Press Club on Wednesday, floated a detente. How about more trade and less trash talk? Apparently that's what they want. So Xiao's pitch was simple. Can we just return to the days when Australia and China engaged in lucrative and mutually agreeable exporting and importing? while muting our irreconcilable conflicts of values. Please, Australia, overlook all of the human rights violations that we engage in on a daily basis. Overlook all of that and just go back to, you know, making money together. That's what they want us to do. Uh, The ambassador had a preferred location for his regime-sanctioned utopia. Resetting the relationship between Beijing and Canberra was about creating favorable atmosphere so favorable atmosphere was apparently the precondition for everything the removal of current trade barriers a potential face-to-face meeting between anthony albanese and xi jinping at the g20 in bali and visibility over the treatment of wow this is weird visibility over the treatment of any australians Arbitrarily detained in China. He said the past five decades had demonstrated Australia and China could be partners despite having differences in political systems. Such a generous offer could only be accompanied by rules, however. I love the way they describe it as a generous offer. Okay. So, rule number one this is what China's laying out. Their rule number one was China and Australia must keep their quarrels in house. The ambassador unfurled an analogy about a marriage to illustrate his point it was one thing for a husband and wife to quarrel at home but it's something else if they fight down in the street it's going to change the nature of the marriage what was required was a proper modality to handle the differences between our two great nations so that differences didn't hijack our cooperation Rule number two was Australia could be, could be friends with the U.S. if we absolutely must. Isn't that good that they can tell us who we can and can't be friends with? It goes on anyway. But picking sides would be a dangerous business, particularly on the issues fundamental to China's nationalistic, hegemonic identity. The sharp end of this was there could be no sucking up to the US on Taiwan. None whatsoever. Xiao's tone on Wednesday veered between overt belligerence and wounded pride, and the ambassador noted US House Speaker Nancy Pelosi had engaged in a public provocation by going to Taipei, in the process violating the one China principle. This childish behavior of conducting live fire exercises? So, that was all bad enough, but it gets worse. Xi's Australia representative really preferred that people didn't use the word invasion when speaking about China's intentions or reunification with Taiwan, even though it was very clear that fusion was inevitable and would occur by all necessary means. <laughs> Those inclined to pass... Uh, all necessary means were invited to use your imagination so the ambassador believed it was entirely legitimate for China to pepper the seas surrounding Taiwan with ballistic missiles even if that heightened the risk of miscalculation or catastrophic misadventure this is because China does not care about anyone other than china on wrapping up i'm just going to go back into this analogy so he unfilled this analogy about a marriage to illustrate his point I just want to say what the bible says there's one thing about about marriage and how china and australia You know i like a marriage and they don't want to fight outside of the you know outside of the house kind of thing they don't want to be seen to fight outside of the house because that would cause embarrassment so it's funny when i was reading that it seemed like china sees itself as the the strong male okay and australia is the the weak little housewife and you know the the little housewife pointing a finger up the strong male you shouldn't do this this is wrong and then the strong male doesn't want to be doesn't want to be embarrassed outside, outside of the house, wants to put on a facade so everyone thinks everything is okay. And the problem is that marriages that are like that, as we as as we have seen, unfortunately, often end with domestic violence. When you have this dictator of a husband who wants to rule with an iron fist, you usually have the wife. Cowering at home, too afraid to go out, too afraid to spend money, with the inability to live freely in her own life and in her own marriage because she's too scared of her dictator husband. But this to me seems like the kind of marriage that China wants. They want the marriage where they are the big, burly husband that tells the tiny little wife, You'll pull your head in and you'll do as you're told. The next thing I want to say is. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14 it says do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what common has light with darkness and what accord has Christ with belial or what part has a believer with an unbeliever now listen i know this is this is specifically talking to Christians But I believe this principle can still be held here. We are countries of vastly different principles and vastly different morals, I believe. The Chinese Communist Party rules with an iron fist. They are ruled by a dictator. They rule the nation with brute force. We all know that. But what they want us to do is take the bride. We have to forget about our principles and our morals so that we can make money, except the bribe. But that just means we're unequally yoked. Either we hold ourselves to higher standards or we'll go and roll around in the mud with the Chinese Communist Party just to make ourselves richer. And in my mind, that's just disgusting. That's my opinion. Don't be unequally yoked the likes of Chinese Communist Party. Thank you for listening to The Slippery Slope.